In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Dear Faithful, Laetare Sunday is, of course, known as that day on which the priest, breaking with the penitential violet, puts on rose vestments, not pink, rose. The organ makes a brief return, and the flowers are once again seen on the altar. We're actually now, amazingly enough, a little bit beyond the halfway point in the Lenten season. It is on this Sunday that Holy Mother Church bids us persevere to the end of our penance and fasting by the enticement of joy. This this is the joy, of course, which will be ours on Easter Sunday, the most glorious day of the liturgical year, the day recalling our Lord's resurrection from the dead in the hope of our own bodily resurrection to eternal life on the last day. This is a day characterized by a joy, this day, the fourth Sunday of Lent, a joy which in former times the sacred liturgy really enshrined by a very expressive rite known as the blessing of the golden rose. Dating back at least as early as the pontificate of Pope St. Leo IX in the 11th century. For in the Middle Ages, the Pope resided in the Lateran Palace, not, not St. Peter's, which did not exist yet. And the Pope would bless a golden rose, and then he would ride on horseback to the station church, leading the faithful. Then they, the, the Pope and all the faithful, would process together through the streets of the Eternal City while praying the Litany of the Saints. And once they would arrive at the station church, the Pope would offer the holy sacrifice of the Mass for all those present. While riding to the stational church, the Pope would wear his papal mitre, and being accompanied by the cardinals, he would hold the blessed golden rose. After riding back to the Lateran Palace, after the Mass had been said, if there were a prince present, it would be his privilege to help the Holy Father dismount from, it, from his steed, and then he would receive the golden rose from the hand of the Pope. This ceremony still exists, but as you may imagine, it is not so solemn as, as in centuries past. It has certainly been a while since the Pope rode horseback to church. And why, you may ask, do we recall this, glory, this glorious ceremony and the joy that it attended those present on the fourth Sunday of Lent? Because God has made it abundantly clear that the trials and tears of this life are permitted, not positively willed, but permitted or tolerated for our good. The long history of God's dealings, his treating with the human race, show that he is far more inclined to bestow upon us blessings and favors and gifts than punishments. And that those which fall into this latter category only come when we stray from the path of his commandments. We've seen this already in so many instances in the book of Exodus. As when God, for example, from the burning bush, reveals his plan to Moses to save the Israelites from the bondage of Egypt. 
after inviting Moses to remove his shoes, for he is standing on holy ground, (coughs) God plainly states that he has allowed his heart to be moved by the sufferings of the Jews and their state of slavery to Pharaoh. And not only will he deliver them from bondage, he will bring them to a much better place, a land flowing with milk and honey. Then in the 14th chapter of Exodus, we see one of the most awe-inspiring miracles of the Lord in all of Scripture. The Jews find themselves in the wilderness, pursued by the Egyptians, fearing their imminent capture and bitterly mourning their fate. But Moses obeys God and stretches his rod out over the Red Sea and parts it into two by divine power. All night long, the Lord sends a dry wind to blow away through the sea so that his children, the Israelites, may once and for all escape the clutches of the Egyptians. When they finally made their way across and the Egyptians, hardened in their hearts, have pursued them through the sea, the Lord sends the waters back down upon the Egyptians so that not one of them is left alive. We read today in St. Paul's epistle that Abraham had two sons, Ishmael by, by the bondwoman Agar, and Isaac his, by his wife Sarah. We know that ultimately Ishmael and his mother are sent away, for Ishmael was troublesome to Isaac. He persecuted him. But Once this is done, once these two have been sent away, does God abandon Ishmael and his mother and leave them to die in the desert? No. On the contrary, when their supply of water runs out, he shows them a well filled with water, allowing them to drink and quench their thirst. And he even allows Ishmael to live and grow and become the father of a great nation. One of the most marvelous miracles of the New Testament we see in today's gospel, that of our Lord's multiplication of a, of a handful of loaves and fishes to feed 5,000 individuals. Those who followed our Lord into the desert on this day did so at considerable personal cost. They followed him without proper rations because they recognized in him a true prophet. They put aside physical hunger because they wanted to hear the truth. In view of their virtue, does Christ leave them to grow weak and faint from lack of nourishment? No. Being the God of charity, he sees to their needs, both spiritual and physical. And all are given a more than satisfying meal as recompense for their pursuit of the truth. So we rejoice, therefore, on this fourth Sunday of Lent because God is calling us to an eternal joy. After the suffering and the trials of this life, it is union with him that he desires for each of us. And though there are punishments for our sins and sometimes painful purifications along the way, remember that the divine physician 
must operate from time to time if we are to be made well. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, Amen.